0: Welcome back Nuggets Numbers listeners to a double dose of draft coverage. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn, was joined over this two-part series with Daniel Lewis on the 2020 NBA draft. The draft is a little bit further away than people recognize, but as soon as we get back into this regular season and this postseason, it's going to go like wildfire, and then four days after the NBA Finals is projected to finish, that's when the draft is going to start. So. Once we get back rolling into the regular season and the postseason, uh, not going to have a lot of time to do some draft coverage. So wanted to refamiliarize our audience with the 2020 draft class. Part one yesterday, Dan and I talked about the stars, talked about who we thought would be the, the most likely players to pop. And in this episode, we're going to talk specifically about the Denver Nuggets and guys at 21, which is their projected draft pick right now, where they could potentially select a guy, who they could potentially select, why they would potentially go for those guys, things of that nature, it was a fun episode. Probably about fifty-five minutes. Had a lot of fun with it. If you're interested, uh, comment down below in the comment section at DenverStiffs.com or on Twitter. Uh, give us your thoughts about who we who we selected, who Dan selected, and why we think those players could be really good. All right. Without further ado, here's part two of my draft discussion with daniel lewis all right back to nuggets numbers ryan blackburn here of course joined by minute man dan himself daniel lewis uh so the Nuggets have one draft pick in 2020. It's the first rounder they acquired from the Malik Beasley, Watcher Hernan Gomez trade. It's, it's Houston's uh, currently around 21st or so. We'll figure out what ultimately that becomes after the, after the, the whatever season just- we're calling this. <laughs> yeah. We're like, well, whatever this is, like it'll, it'll ultimately be around like the 19 to 23 mark is what I would give it the, the range based off of that. Uh, based off of the quality of this draft, Let's say the Nuggets could acquire a player like Jeremy Grant, somebody who like just using that pick in a trade, as opposed to waiting around to draft a player who could be somebody like that. Um, if they could draft a guy like that, a bench player that's definitely going to be in a playoff rotation for the following season, would you trade the pick or keep it based off the quality of this draft?
1: Oh, I would trade the pick. Okay, yeah, no doubt about it. There's there's a lot of players that could. Uh, in that range that could be good at at, at a skill set. But if you're trading the pick, you should be getting back a known quantity. And in that kind of a situation, any of those players you pick could be, you know, just like for Jeremy Grant, for example, uh, any of those players could become Jeremy Grant. Or you could just get Jeremy Grant. And uh, the Nuggets are a team that's looking to contend now. Um, They've got... You know, young, their young prospect is Michael Porter Jr. Um, and I guess to extend Bull Bull, but more MPJ. Um, but they need right. to just focus on putting veterans around Jokic and Jamal Murray and MPJ. And I, I would say, I would actually add Jeremy Grant, I think he's gonna resign in Denver and be around for the next several years. Um, and Will Barton and potentially Gary Harris, I think. Uh, you could put Monty Moore. I'll put Monty Morris in there for Gordon, um, but I think that that's the, <laughs> the core of the team for the next three to four years.
0: Yeah, and it's a good core. I mean, that that core, depending on what Michael Porter Jr. It's a very guy, good ends core. up doing, <laughs> uh, what Jamal Murray ends up doing, like the, that could be a championship team. Like honestly, so I, I want to take you back to the 2018 NBA draft because that was a really good draft. That was the Michael Porter draft. He fell to 14. A uh, couple other players fell to those in those situations as well. Lonnie Walker was drafted at 18. Kevin Herter at 19. Uh, but here's the list of players that were in the 20s. Uh, Josh Akogi, Grayson Allen, Chandler Hutchinson, Aaron Holiday, good player there. Uh, Anthony Simons, we'll see about him. Moritz Wagner, good, solid role player. Uh, Landry Shamet, solid role player. Robert Williams, we'll see. Jacob Evans not feeling very good about that. Zanin and Musa not feeling very good, and Omari Spellman definitely not feeling very good. Um, so the wide there's the range there. You're you're not really gonna get a solid starter, I don't think. I think it's I think it's pretty clear based off of one of the better drafts that we've seen in a while. Like that draft literally had Luka Doncic, T- Jaron Jackson, Trey Young, Mikhail Bridges, and Michael Porter Jr. in the lottery. And DeAndre Ayton, who I didn't even mention. Like, like there, there's a lot of solid pieces there who are really, Marvin really Bagley.
1: Good. The disrespect.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, Sacramento would still take Marvin Marvin Bagley if they could. Uh, <laughs> I still believe. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's my ob top in comparison. No, uh, oh jeez. <laughs> uh. That was a really good draft. And there are a lot of solid pieces in that draft, especially at the top. But as you get down, it's pretty clear that even even when you in a draft as as strong as that, like you're still not going to have a lot of hits past 20 or so. So if the Nuggets get into a situation where they trade that pick, I don't feel I wouldn't feel very bad about it if I was uh if I was a Nuggets fan. Like it's not necessarily as exciting, as as interesting, as as uh, alluring as as seeing a draft prospect, but it's probably wise in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Okay. Um, so you gave me a list of 10 players that you thought the Nuggets should that – that should be on the Nuggets draft board at this point. Before we start and talk about those 10 players, how many of those guys do you think could be starters on a championship-caliber team if they hit their highest range, like like their, their top 75th percentile outcome, we'll call
1: it? Starters, yes. Um, uh, three. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'll go with three players.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, just kind of based off of the, uh, based off of the conversation and, and the the data that we shared before this, I think that's probably right. Uh, so I'm going to give you the floor now, uh, Dan. Of all the players projected that are available in Denver's draft range. Who do you think the Nuggets should take?
1: Do you want to go bottom to top to build drama, or do you want to go top to bottom?
0: Uh based off of this draft, I honestly don't know if it matters.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Well,
0: <laughs> no. Let's let's go bottom to top. I, I think that that'll probably that'll keep some people around. Uh, that's good let's podcasting, Ryan. Yeah, who's at your bottom?
1: Okay, I'm going to start with a player who I think is definitely going to go in the second round, and that's Scotty Lewis out of Florida. Um, he's a three and D kind of guard. He's a, he was asked to defend like the lead ball handler a lot for Florida. And I love that he has quick hands. Um, he's, he was a very highly ranked high school prospect, um, which has been something the nuggets have kind of keyed on lately, at least for injured guys. Um, and he, I mean, he's, he struggled at Florida at times, but I think that he, could have a really good role off the bench as like a two guard of a guy that's going to come in and um, just be really solid defensively and be able to score in transition kind of like a smaller version of um, Torrey Craig. Okay. Um, I can see that.
0: Oh, you know, like like his, his his, uh, like, I'm just looking into splits right now. He didn't play a lot and, and, like he he did play twenty nine minutes per game, but his usage on in that situation was pretty low, fifteen percent. Uh, but he was efficient. He was he did shoot reasonably well in those situations. He had a reasonably high three point attempt rate. He got to the free throw line, uh, shot thirty six percent from three. Real key there though, he shot eighty one point seven percent from the free throw line, and that's a pretty solid indicator that hey, he has some potential to work there as as a shooting guard, as a as a
1: as an off ball scorer. Exactly, and ninety-five uh, percent of his threes were assisted. So he's a guy yeah, that's, that's I. he is a he is a catch and shoot threat. He's not someone that's going to be pulling up off the dribble. Um, so that kind of limits his um, ceiling as like a, a starter. But I, I do think I, I just really like his game, um, and I, I think he he definitely would be a great summer league player because he's. Gonna just embarrass some poor ball handler and get a big dunk, which is always fun. Can want ab- go to the next guy.
0: Oh, well, he averaged one point two steals, one point two blocks. That's pretty high for a guard. Like that's, those are those are some pretty good indicators that he's he has some defensive chops. Uh,
1: he yeah, some blocks. He has some blocks at the rim that are really exciting because he's just a small little wiry guy. Anyway, yeah. The next guy is Sadiq Bay. Um, I think a lot of The time I see him mocked in the first round, and I would not take him with a top thirty pick. Uh, I get really bad Denzel Valentine vibes with him, and Mm. if you know how many minutes play Devin Denzel Valentine played last season, you probably need to get out more often and stop watching (laughs) those games. Um, He's he's six foot eight, two twenty. He had a bigger role with Villanova, and Villanova players usually do well in the NBA. I just don't think that he has the physical tools to be able to keep up. Um, I, I think he's he's big enough that you would want him to defend fours. I don't think he's strong enough or fast enough to defend threes. Um, so he's kind of a, he's a, a tweener that isn't really like – he's not going to be able to take advantage of being tall against threes, and he's not going to be able to take advantage of being fast against fours. Uh, he had the ball in his hands a lot at Villanova this last season, which bumped his numbers up. And that would definitely not be his role in the NBA. So you're going to be asking him to completely change the thing that made him successful in college. And he doesn't have the physical tools, I, I think, to slide into a new role. Um, now, as a bench guy, I don't mind him being someone that can be like, hey, we want you to be kind of a bigger playmaker, like a secondary ball handler off the bench. But that is definitely a second round pick, uh, not a first round pick, and if the Nuggets take him with the twenty first pick, I'll be sad. Um,
0: it's interesting. Have- I I, I want to. Yeah, I have some takes there. Um, given the high volume of good solid role players that Villanel that Villanova has shuttled out of their program over the last few years, you still wouldn't be like super happy with Sadiq Bay.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think I don't think he's gonna stink, but I'm just don't I just don't think he's gonna be really that good. Like he's gonna make the smart basketball play. He's gonna be a solid bench guy, but it's not like you know, what what does he do really well? He creates off the dribble against college athletes and you can't do that. <laughs> like you can't be the lead ball handler if you're not, you know, super athletic. Were super smart with the ball, and uh, I, I just have a lot of questions about him in, in that area.
0: He did shoot forty five percent from three this year, so I, I will give him credit there. That hey, the, the three point shooting at least looks real. Uh, his his free throw percentage is a little bit lower than you would want for a guy like that. Uh, that's at least a little bit concerning. So maybe it isn't super real. But shot thirty seven percent from three in his freshman year. Shot. in his sophomore year, probably not going to be anywhere close to 45% as a pro, but it wouldn't surprise me if you hit 38% consistently or, or at least kind of ranged around 38 to 40%. Uh, I would feel comfortable taking him and putting him in the rotation and knowing that he was going to be a guy who could at least keep the ball moving offensively. And given that the nuggets have a guy like Michael Porter jr. Who is, more 6'10", 6'11", probably profiles defending fours a little bit more. Like, the Nuggets are going to need a guy – like, they have Jeremy Grant right now, who I think projects as a guy who could be in your starting unit given his athleticism and his ability to defend opposing threes really well. Um, But they're going to need a bench guy, and they're going to need other players who kind of fit around a guy like Porter, a guy like Grant, and I I could see him being Denver's bench forward going into the future. If that's what you want,
1: as a three or a four,
0: Uh, probably a combination. Just give—he would probably defend mostly threes, but he could uh, like if he's playing with Jeremy Grant, he's defending threes. Uh, Probably defending threes with Michael Porter Jr. as well, but maybe plays the four more when he's uh, when like as as his offensive role when he's with Porter. Um, But I could see that forward rotation working, uh, at least at least from an offensive perspective.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just disagree. <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's okay. I'm. Uh, I, it's good to disagree. That's good podcasting content. Uh, give me your there next you guy. Um,
1: so my next tier is guys that I wouldn't be devastated if they took them with their 21st pick. I, I would think, I would kind of hope that they would trade, try trading down. I know that's more like an NFL draft thing to trade down like, Six or seven picks. And really at this range in the draft, there's not much advantage to trade up, especially this right. year. Um, yeah, especially but that's, this year. The next guy in this tier is, these are like bigs slash forwards. Um, and that's, so the next guy in my in that tier is Daniel Oturu out of Minnesota. He's 6'10", 230, just a, a very appealing physical prospect. Um, but he's right-hand dominant. I don't know if I've seen him finish with his left hand. It doesn't mean he has, hasn't, but uh, I just don't know if I've seen it. Um, He's someone that just, the offense kind of ran, he was was a focal part of the offense in Minnesota, and he can definitely block shots. Um, I do have some questions, you know, just about his ability to play well on defense in the NBA, but... I'm not too concerned. I think he'll be a valuable guy. Like, he he has a, a solid floor of like a bench center, basically. Um, He's just going to have to get used to not being a, the the primary guy on offense. And I don't think I could ever see him as a starter, especially on a team where Jokic is going to be starting, hopefully, for the next five to nine years. So, yeah, I mean, as long um, as that goes, I think, that'll be okay. Yeah, as, I think Otuero is a good player. Um, he he has some limitations. He's not a he's not going to stretch the floor. He's he's a decent free throw shooter, um, but uh, he is he is a guy I like as a backup five. Asking him to replace Mason Plumlee, they're, they're just very different players. Um, yeah, I I do think that he has some value as a a large human being who can rebound and block shots and dunk the basketball with extreme efficiency.
0: Okay. I mean, that seems like a very straightforward pick. And, and if you're the Nuggets and that's the discussion that you want to have this off season, uh, bringing back Mason Plumlee at, at a higher cap number may not be in their best interest. It may not be something that they can do. Maybe they decide, Hey, we're going to, we're going to continue to invest in guys like Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, uh, athletes on the perimeter who can continue to be versatile uh, and we we are going to go in a different direction away from Mason Plumlee and, and maybe try and fill that position by committee. One of those things could be through the draft, and maybe they get a guy who plays 15 minutes a night for them. And that would be – In in honestly, if you get 15 minutes – if you get a 15-minute-per-game player uh, in the regular season from the 21st pick in this draft, that's probably pretty good if you're the Nuggets, right?
1: I think so. And, you know, maybe, maybe this COVID-19 thing – COVID-19 thing will help and I get be able to bring back Mason Plumley. but just looking at their, their future cap sheet, um, you know, if, if they're going to be paying Jeremy Grant, if they want to pay to keep Monte Morris on the team, there's, there's just no money above a certain dollar amount for Mason Plumley. And I, I would be okay. I, I'm fully in support of bringing back Plumley for two, like two years, you know, maybe three. Um, just at a very low number and if it's like look do you want more money good luck going and getting it somewhere we wish you the best you've been a great yep. teammate um but i would if the nuggets get him on like a one-year deal and then they're like you know what hey or they have they talk to him and he's like look i'll come back for one year for this dollar amount things can the health wise across the country can settle down and then we'll figure out you know i can figure out what i want to do after that i know i have a home here in denver and that i, I know i have a role here I'd like to come back for that. Uh I wouldn't be opposed to them taking someone like O'Tour or another big who we'll talk about later. Um and having that guy kind of grow into the backup center role. And I also I mean, I have doubts about Bobo being able to to be a backup five just because of how skinny he is. Um, but he could he could you're just taking another flyer on a backup big and while it's yeah. Not the you know, largest impact. You do have to consider. This is the guy that's going to be playing thirty minutes a night if Jokic gets injured, um, and he has to at least be able to play every day um, when Jokic is healthy. At you know, fifteen, maybe twenty minutes. So it, it is a valuable role, and it's someone that you want to have cost controlled for you know four years. I if you get yeah. a valuable contributor.
0: No, I do agree. I agree with all of that. I'm not sure if. Not sure if is the guy that I would pick there, but he does at least have some things in his game that as a solid rebounder, as a guy who can be a, a heavy pick-and-roll threat, uh, that could definitely be a thing. So we'll we'll see about that. Give me your next guy.
1: Okay. Uh, my next guy, I guess, in that tier that kind of fits the Oturu mode is Xavier Tillman out of Michigan okay. State. Um I know we were talking about guys out of Villanova succeeding um, mm-hmm. guys out of Michigan state. I feel like have a pretty good track record, especially with the nuggets where you're taking a guy who has smart basketball IQ has been the beneficiary of solid coaching um, and can be a contributor in the NBA. Um, Tillman is 6'8, 250, So he's short and thick, which I like. Um, and uh, He's a very solid defender. He's a good rebounder. Um, he's also a good playmaker. He makes a smart pass. He's not a he. He likes taking jumpers when when he's wide open. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily very skilled at it, and if he's ever going to be able to do that in the NBA. But he's just a solid big man um, as a backup. I mean, at, at six eight, he's never going to be someone that you want starting because he's not going to offer you the rim protection that you need. Um, but he's just someone that you like. You know what? put him on the court he's not going to make mistakes and that's really valuable especially from a big man.
0: he was the defensive player of the year at uh, for the big 10 and that's a pretty that's pretty high praise for a conference like that so it's not just it's it's something that could potentially translate and with his rebounding with his his ability to just be efficient be productive he does have a great statistical profile he had the highest box plus minus in the country this past season and when you see guys like that, they, they generally pop off the page because a lot of those guys ultimately become stars. Maybe he could become a star in his role, and that to me seems like a, a thing that could happen. Tell me this. Do you think that he could defend power forwards or is, or at least like become a, like a backline defender like a Paul Millsap, or is he just a backup center?
1: No, I, I do see something where he could be similar to Paul Millsap. Um, I, I would not be opposed to playing Tillman, and Jokic together at the same time sometimes Um, because he's such a smart player and he can move around. Um, Maybe skinny Jokic can be moving around too. Who knows? Um, Tillman (laughs) might outweigh him. (laughs) He probably does outweigh him at this point. Probably right now. Yeah, Jokic at the four, Tillman at the five. But I I think that those guys are actually two players that could share the court. I don't think Oturu and Jokic could share the court and be successful.
0: Okay, Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, just just looking at their games before we talked on here. Um, that's a player that I think if you're a Nuggets fan, like Xavier Tillman out of Michigan State probably doesn't move the needle in terms of your excitement level, but he could actually be a really solid piece for a championship team and give them a little bit of extra versatility, because if, if they go away from Paul Millsap this offseason, if they sign Jeremy Grant, you're getting a little bit lighter. You're getting a little bit smaller and less defensive, so... Bringing in a guy like that, somebody who from Tom Izzo, he he knows how to play defense. He was the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. Like he might be a guy that you could play both as kind of a backup center and play some power forward next to Jokic in certain situations. That that makes a lot of sense. So that's a good poll. That's a good name Dan.
1: I I, I some fans might be oh that's not a very sexy pick, but I would be thrilled because I love watching people's head screens and Tillman. And set very solid screens. Um, the next guy on my list is a player out of DePaul. Let me pull up his stats real quick. Stalling for time. And his name they is are, Paul yeah. Reed. And Those stats are, are high. They are they are he, very productive. He's a box, uh, box score star, at least out of DePaul, because he had such high usage. But he's oh, yeah. 6'10", 215. He's definitely a power forward. He is not a center. Um, but he out of high school. He was not a top two hundred recruit out of high school. Just a three star recruit. Um, and if you can remember another three star recruit that I really loved, who worked his way to become a valuable player, you'll see why I like this guy. And that would have been OG and Anobi. Um, Paul Reed can do a lot on the basketball court. He was uh, He averaged almost two steals a game. He averaged two and a half blocks a game. He shot 30% on threes. He averaged 15 points a game. And what I like most about him, three offensive rebounds a game, 10 total rebounds a game. So this is a guy that does a lot on the basketball court. He's a high-energy player, and he's got a smooth game. He can put the ball in the court. He can shoot. Um, It's kind of a funky jump shot, but I think it can translate. Um, he's just got a really exciting kind of game from a smaller school and unheralded prospect. But he's worked really hard to get where he's at, and he's—I mean, he—he he doesn't add a lot of bulk. But I think as the NBA continues to slim down, I mean, even Jokic is on this Orange Theory fitness or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like CrossFit. Yeah. Who knows? But as the NBA continues to get you know faster and slimmer. I think Reed could be a really valuable player. I'm not going to compare him to Pascal Siakam. I have heard other people do that. Um, but I, I do think that he could be a valuable ball handling for someone who may not be a great outside shooter, but is just going to be a really energetic defender, really smart, and uh, could be a really valuable player. I probably have him ranked too low on my tiers. I, I, but I kind of split up my tiers between position. So I think he's more at the top. of of this tier uh, over the next guy that we're going to talk about, who I know that you like. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: I do like the next guy, but I also like this guy. Like when I started watching his film, it really pops. He looked, he has the look of a star and maybe that's because he was playing at DePaul Paul. Maybe that's because he was playing in a conference that wasn't, it's not the strongest conference in college. Don't get me wrong. But he has the athleticism and the physical traits that you're looking for in guys that change the game. Like, as as a, he's basically 6'9, super athletic, uh, changes the game on defense, can switch like hell. Like, that was one of the things that I looked at with him, where he's switching onto guys and swallowing them up. And, like, guards can't get by him. Uh, just a super athlete, and that really translates into his ball handling and his ability to go downhill as well. I like the Pascal Siakam comp. I think that looks really good. And maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit wild on this, but maybe he's a guy that I'd rather probably draft him than maybe even Obi Toppin uh, as a potential star type because at least I could say, okay, he's going to be a solid defender. He's going to be a solid – like a, an elite athlete type if he puts the rest of his game together, that starts looking really, really tasty.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you watch this film and you don't get excited. Uh, but I, he he reminds me actually more of like Jeremy Grant than Pascal Siakam. Um, just someone that could be really high energy and just explodes off the floor. Um, I think that putting him in the on the bench with a coach like Michael Malone and a team with the kind of players that the Nuggets have, I can see him fitting really well next to Michael Porter Jr. I can see, you know, I would love seeing Jokic, Grant, and Reed share the court together because it'd just be these two, like, (laughs) havoc forwards just running around doing crazy things, and that would be a lot of fun for me to watch. Um, Yeah. And then if you put him next to Porter, you know, you're just like, oh, my gosh, the smooth score – and then you got this guy sucking up offensive rebounds and just kind of like slithering his way around the court to find holes for Jokic to find him. Um, I, I think he has. I think he'd be a great, a great fit in Denver, um, and I would. I would be excited. I. I don't think they can get him in the second round. They'd have to buy a pick and get back in, um, and taking him in the first round, people might be like, "What the heck are you doing?" But I, I think he'd be worth the shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a lot more solid, I think, than a guy like Bol Bol, who while he does have that high star potential, there's there's at least a lot of those physical concerns with Bol Bol that you just don't know about. Um, with him, with Paul Reed, I think his game could translate really well. I I would be really excited if he were a Nugget. That's Let me just say that. Um, okay, let's move to the next guy on your list, who is somebody I'm very familiar with.
1: Yeah, it's fitting that his last name is Bay because you certainly do love them. <laughs> 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 that dad joke. Um, but people should be familiar with Heather Uh Six foot seven, 218 out of University of Colorado. Um, a, a high energy rebounder, um, a high energy defender. Not, I mean, he shot 40% from three, but he doesn't do that on high volume. Um, just a, I guess, energetic is probably the best word to describe his style of play. What do you think? You've watched a lot more. I,
0: I like him as a Jeremy Grant type. I like him as somebody who is able to switch, is able to do all of the things that you need defensively for a team, like a Jokic-led team, a team with Jamal Murray. You want guys in the middle of those two who can range, who can do a lot of different things defensively, who can play a lot of different schemes. I think he's a guy who, if you get him engaged, he's going to really, really make a, a high level impact. Not a great offensive player, but did show at least some solid touch in certain places on the floor. Um, let me check his free throw percentage just to just to be quick about that. Yeah, he's a 74 75% career free throw shooter. So it's not like it's not like he's awful. He did shoot 41% from three this past year, but that was on a very low amount of attempts. Uh, he's a 30% three-point shooter overall, so that's that's probably more in line with what we're talking about. He's a hit-or-miss three, three-point shot guy. Uh, not going to do a lot for you offensively at the next level, but I really do think that, hey, if you put him in a system that allows him to use his athleticism, allows him to be the one-on-one defender on a lot of these main guys, he was a player who, I mean, he's the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's a guy who I can really see changing a defense uh, because the last Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year was Matisse Teibel. Uh, I see those guys in the same light as, as maybe elite point-of-attack defenders who could really change things for our team.
1: Uh, I kind of get Aaron Gordon vibes from him, but just without the awful rap albums. Uh. <laughs> And like dreams of being an offensive star, so I I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad if the Nuggets took him. I I would prefer Paul Reed, um, and I would prefer a whole fleet of guards over him. Um, sure, but uh, I I do see the appeal of him. I just if if I took him, like uh, I'd be like I was just kind of hoping for more. out of that pick?
0: He'd be good insurance, I think. If if Tyler or not Tyler, if Jeremy Grant. Were to sign a Don't two-year deal. Don't you dare deal. say that name! <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> let's let's say Jeremy Grant signed a two-year deal as opposed to a four-year deal, and he wasn't in town for a long time, and maybe he just wanted to re-up with the Nuggets really quickly. Tyler Bay to me seems like a guy who, if he if he fits, if he if he blows up really well, maybe he could be the starter next to a guy like Michael Porter Jr. And he does all of the dirty work stuff. He does all of the rebounding and switching and and playing and defending the opposing team's small forward or their best power forward or whatnot, and allows Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic to do all the things that they want to do. I think he's well-suited for that role with the Nuggets
1: specifically.
0: I don't know if that's necessarily the same for a lot of other teams, but the Nuggets to me seem like a great landing spot for him.
1: Sure. Uh, this will be petty, and I don't mind being called out for it. But I just uh, am not too keen to take another Tyler. It's 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 still too soon.
0: <laughs> Are there any <laughs> other Tylers in this draft that uh that you, that you have to outlaw just because of your your previous endeavor? Uh, I I don't 2017? think so. I okay. I
1: I know I'm not naming my kid Tyler. The next kid, anyway.
0: <laughs> I was I was hoping the next I, player. I, there's at least a there's at least a question in my mind as to whether your newborn son was named Tyler.
1: Uh. No, it's <laughs> not Tyler. I'm anyway, oh, the next player on my hilarious. board is a different kind of category. I think in the draft, the Nuggets have three areas that they can address. Um, they're set at point guard, they're set at center, and they've got two forwards. Um, they've got two wings as well for the next couple of years. In Will Barton and Gary Harris, and I think they have a good backup point guard. I would like to see them keep him around in Monte Morris. So that means the areas that you need to address are backup center, backup forward, or you know a third forward to play alongside MPJ and Jeremy Grant, I don't think that's Torrey Craig. Um, and I don't think Paul Millsup will be as effective as they want for a long time. And then it's replacing; it's basically replacing Malik Beasley. Um, yeah. as a backup shooting guard. I think those are the three areas that they should be looking to fill, either in free agency or the draft. Backup center might be better for free agency. Um, the third forward is probably going to be Paul Millsap. I could be wrong. Uh, that might not happen. But th- They've leaves. got other guys. Does They've
0: it? got Kade Bates-Diop as, as a potential option there. Greg, right. if they decide to re-sign him. Ah, uh, there are options at least on the Nuggets roster or around the Nuggets roster that they could fill that.
1: but that that leads us to this next tier, and that's why I have it as my tier two players. Um, and the first guy in that is Josh Green out of the University of Arizona. He's yeah. a six foot six wing, two hundred and five pounds um, out of Australia, um, but ha- did play a year um, for the University of Arizona. Um, he's not I mean he shot thirty six percent from three. Uh, just 42% from the field and only and 70% from the free throw line, but just on three and a half attempts a game. Um, he's definitely got the physical tools to be good. He just didn't show that he could put it all together at Arizona. Um, and whether that's a scheme fit or a coaching fit, just him not being yeah, able to can grasp Yeah, can
0: I pull on that real quick? Because sure. I, like Arizona's offense kind of sucks, right? Like, like there there is a, a really, a really weird thing going on with Sean Miller consistently, their head coach. It's
1: kind of like drafting a two-guard from Kansas, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but except it's all of his players, because they all seem to be pretty athletic, and, and or at least like there are certain tools about them that you'd be pretty happy with, like Aaron Gordon and uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Alonzo Trier. They have a lot of... Uh, professional players that came out of there but it always seems like they underperform. Uh Josh Green could be in that same mold. Maybe there's parts of his game that he needs unlocked. Maybe he needs to be in a different situation. But is he going to be good enough defensively? If his shot stays at around 33% from 3, 35% from 3, is he good enough defensively in your opinion to stay on the floor consistently?
1: Um, I think so. I mean, I think the more concerning thing is forty-two percent overall from the field. That's bad. Uh, yeah. If you're only but taking, they also play
0: two bigs. I, I'm. I'm right. at least giving him a little bit of a pass there.
1: And it, he could be someone. the The counter argument there is: look at um, Jalen Brown at the University of California, who yeah. did not have a very good freshman season, but obviously is a great pro because he's in a better scheme with better coaching. So that's that's one of the reasons to take a chance on him. The the thing that scares me is that we're probably not going to have workouts, so the coaching staff won't get a chance to see him in person, um, running through drills and doing the things that they ask of him. Um, he's definitely has a high ceiling because of his physical tools, um, but the you know this year is just very difficult because you may not be able to have those individual workouts um do you have any more thoughts on josh green
0: not a ton other than the fact that the nuggets that if they're getting into a situation where they're drafting a shooting guard i'd like for them to be in a situation where the guy that they pick could draft could be a point of attack defender somebody who can defend the opposing team's best ball handler give the nuggets a little bit of flexibility going forward that if they're playing if they're playing Jamal Murray at the one, if they're playing Michael Porter Jr. at the three, or let's say Jeremy Grant at the four, so they can play Jeremy Grant and defend those big wings, but they're going to need a guy if they were to move Gary Harris, if they were to move away from Will Barton at some point. We don't know about that necessarily, but if they're in that situation, the guy that they should be trying to get as a shooting guard should probably be able to defend at least ones and twos.
1: And if if they are drafting him, if they're drafting a guard, similar to, like, Mike Beasley, I want this player to be able to come in and knock down three-point shots. Like, I don't want to put another version of Gary Harris on the court if I'm subbing in. Like, I'll just play Gary Harris, <laughs> like, rather than just putting a much younger, less experienced version on the court. So that's that's right. one of my concerns. Um, I agree. And I, I agree. S- to the next – there's two more players – um, the next guy is Desmond Bained at a TCU, a senior. So we know that this guy can shoot because he's been doing it for four years. Um, he kind of has a funky shot, but it goes in. And he shot 44% on six and a half attempts a game last season, 6'5", 220. He's got uh, like softballs for biceps. He's a very strong guy. Um, he's a good rebounder. He can play make a little bit, but he, he lacks like a good first step and at the rim of athleticism. So with the Nuggets, he would definitely be more of just like a spot-up shooter running off a of screen shooter and someone who can check twos. Um, uh, I, I like his shot. Like, I like, the, you know, I just like his shot. Uh, I think he'd be valuable there as a guy that you can bring it off the bench and be like, hey, go stand in the corner go stand in the wing and shoot. And if you miss or you make, you're going back on defense and you're giving 110% 110 energy on that end. Um, And that's all we need you to do. You're not going to start. We've got other guys that can start, but we just need you to knock down shots when Monte Morris passes you the ball.
0: It's very fair. Uh, Draft Twitter loves Desmond Bain. There are like two two or three guys every year that Draft Twitter is right on and scouts were wrong. Uh, Brandon Clark was that guy last draft. Uh, Bain could be that guy this year. There's, there's definitely an opportunity there, but like, like I said, with the defense part, I think that's a part of his game that doesn't get talked about enough by the guys on draft Twitter that, Hey, just because he can defend a little bit, like just because he can shoot and he has a versatile offensive game, at least a little bit more than guy, the next guy that you're going to talk about. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily project. Bain to be higher than this next guy because his defensive profile is it's pretty weak. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily hoping for a lot of high contributions from him there, uh, but you never know. Like if he if he's shooting 40 percent from three in the NBA, he's going to have a role, and he could be shooting uh, off of passes for Monte Morris, and the Nuggets would probably be pretty happy with that if he was doing it.
1: Yeah, like I, I mean, I I don't want to just say like I don't I really like Malik Beasley. I'm sad to see him go. I understand why they traded him away. But if you're, I I do think that that archetype is something that the Nuggets need. is a really athletic two-guard. I think the Nuggets hope that he would become a better defender. He never did. Um, but uh, I don't know if Bain is quite the athlete. Oh, I know. I know Bain is not quite the athlete that Beasley is. Um, so I just have questions about that. Um, right. The next guy is definitely an athletic guy. There's injury concerns which definitely tracks for the Nuggets uh, <laughs> draft selections lately. But that's Aaron Nesmith and out of Vanderbilt. I don't think he's going to be available at 21, but he could be a guy that potentially falls down. And the reason I don't think he's going to be available is because he shot 52% on eight three-point attempts a game. Nuts. <laughs> In, Nuts. And it's only 14 games, but like this guy can shoot. And uh, he's definitely a vertical athlete. He's skinnier than Beasley, whereas Beasley was just such a strong guy. But, I mean, you're drafting Nesmith to be a shooter off the bench for you. I don't know if he can ever be, like, a starter, but if you like watching Terrence Ross score 50 points, Nesmith could be a guy that scores 50 points in a game because he gets hot and he just starts raining in threes. And, you know, the Coach Coach Malone's like, well, fine, I guess. If you're just going to keep making him, just keep taking him. And next thing you know, he's got 42 points. (laughs) Like <laughs> so yeah. um he he's an exciting player. um i I don't know if he's gonna be able to defend because he's still skinny and frail, and but he's also very young. So he could grow into a a more like aggressive um, defender using his agility and quickness to hound guys instead of his strength. Um but I mean, if the nuggets are gonna switch, he's gonna get destroyed in the post. But it's fine if he's knocking down fifty two percent of his three pointers. Fine, go yeah. ahead and dunk. Okay. I don't care. Go Nobody. ahead.
0: Uh, <laughs> I love his off-ball game. I th- I think it actually really pairs well with Denver's offense going forward. Uh, I see Denver having those three high usage guys in Murray, Porter, and Jokic. Uh, so surrounding them with shooters and defenders that complement those skills, I think that makes the most sense. And at six five, six ten wingspan, flame for a three point shooter. He's not too big, but he's big enough to contend with many of the small forwards today. Uh, not like your LeBron James is now you're Kevin Durant's but the like, am I really that scared if he has to defend I don't know Gordon Hayward no probably not like I mean he, he'll he'll at least be thick enough at the next level that he he could be like Josh Hart sized somebody who is not going to be super tall but has the physical tools to make things difficult in a post-up situation uh Can he defend enough at the next level level to have a major role? I think that's a big question. Um, Can he do anything other than shoot at the next level? Because that's that's another piece of his game that when evaluating him, I I did the profile on him at Denver Stiffs that, hey, he's not a creator off the dribble for himself or others. So he probably projects to be like a 20 to 25-minute-per-game guy
1: off the bench. Um, That's still valuable, though. Right. If if there was a situation where the Orlando Magic said, "Hey, we'll give you Terrence Ross if you give us the number twenty one pick," I would say, "I'll take Terrence Ross. Thank you very much." And I would I would live with it. And I would I would forget the fact that he murdered a Nuggets player. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> that was he freed. Paul Millsap <laughs> I was freed. That was freed. Yeah. But uh, I, I would forget that and forgive him. And just be fine with having Terrence Ross. And for you Nuggets fans, I know I mean, it's against the Nuggets, but man, that is an iconic <laughs> Nuggets dunk. Anyway. Um, Truly painful. We'll, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> um, uh, but I can see, the last it. I can see guy it with them for on sure. My list, yeah, the last guy on my list is my number one prospect. And I know I'm probably going to get roasted for this because of other people, other analysts that like him, but I don't care because I like this guy as well. And that's Jameis Ramsey. Um, Was a high-ranked high high school recruit out of Texas. Um, Went to Texas Tech because Texas Tech has been really good lately. They have have a good coach. They've got a great strength and conditioning program, and Ramsey definitely looks like he took advantage of that. He's really bulked up. Um, He has a really exhilarating offensive game. He'll hit step-back threes. He'll hit step-back twos drive to the rim and finish with his right and left hand. Um, he is—he was inconsistent, but I chalked that more up to him just being a, a, like you know a a dependable a, a capable scoring threat for Texas Tech and being asked to do a lot as a young sure. Career. Sure. Um, I think he probably wants to be a star, so I don't know if he would resign in Denver. if they were to draft him, but he definitely can shoot the basketball Uh, 42% on five attempts from three a game. Um, You probably would like to see that um, three point percentage take up because he was only taking 12 a game. He, he didn't show up in a lot of big games, but he did have some good games against uh, Baylor and West Virginia. I think if I'm remembering correctly, Um, but just watching him, you're, I get big Jr. Smith vibes, which is not a bad thing, because Jr. Smith was a great player um, and a <laughs> dynamite three-point shooter. He was. I mean, um, Jr. Smith is one of the best three-point shooters in Nuggets history. But, yeah, very uh, clearly. Ramsey, he can he can really score. He can really defend um, when he's engaged. He has uh, he has a good amount of work to do in that area. I, to be honest, he gets lost off ball. He makes some boneheaded things, but I'm just like, look, he's a kid. And he, you know, he's 19 years old, maybe 20. He's, he's going to grow into a great player, I think. And he just has such a high ceiling and someone that can, if he catches fire, um, he's going to be, you're, you're going to have a hard time taking him off the court. And I think Nuggets fans would really like him.
0: I think so too. Uh, so, Sam Vecini has him 38 on his draft board and that's not a shot at Sam. That's not a shot at your draft evaluation talent, but this draft just appears very flat and there are going to be a lot of different players that have different skill sets that are evaluated for different spots because so many of these players could end up being in so many different places. Like I I think like 2013 or, or a draft like that where you didn't really have a lot of top guys, but ultimately like, there were starters that came out of that draft. There were very solid players that came out of that draft. There were a couple of players like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert, who really popped uh, CJ McCollum, who I mean, was drafted out outside the, the top eight or nine picks or so, but like with Jameis Ramsey, I think I really like his, he's got a thick upper body, very dangerous in the open floor. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried that he only shot 64% from the free throw line. That concerns me a lot, and I think it should concern a lot of people, that if he, if that shooting isn't fully real, then it changes the calculus with him at least a little bit. Um, Jarrett Culver and Zaire Smith are two other guards that came out of Texas Tech. Um They also had shooting concerns, and just looking at some of the free throw shooting numbers, it was 67% for Culver and
1: 71% for Zaire Smith, so
0: I think there is at least some
1: concern there. I think they're just, they're different styles of player, I mean, he's he's athletic like Smith, um, but Culver was more just like a primary ball handler, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a, mutant point guard yeah, pseudo <laughs> and, um, point guard um, i would i would call it yeah, that ram, for sure ram ramsey's definitely he's kind of a mix in between those two um more of like a traditional two guard but i mean he he was a high-ranked prospect in high school that chose to go to texas tech because of this program success and uh i i, I think that, that the free throw shooting thing i think is just more of a mental thing of him being excited to be at the free throw line <laughs> and you know, not having, not having, just a, the experience and the maturity to kind of settle down and and, and take a good shot. I, I think he'll be a great shooter in the NBA.
0: Well, I am excited to see it with him. He's only nineteen. He just turned nineteen uh, a few days ago, actually, uh, June 9th. Oh, really? But oh. he's a, yeah. So he's he's still a super young player. And all of these guys, like, there's a lot of players in this draft class that are still super young. And I, I, I do like that he has a thick upper body. I, I think that he could be a really solid defender. Um, do you think that he could defend ones and twos?
1: I think he can defend one to three. Um, okay. That's on ball. ball. I, think off, I think off ball he is going to struggle for a couple years, similar to Malik Beasley, just because he's kind of a space head and he's thinking about his next shot and not getting the ball back on defense. But I think if you put him on ball and you're like, look, stop this guy and ma- or make him pass the ball with you know ten seconds left on the shot clock. But I think, you know, end end of end of quarters, you're going to get him locked in and more like a situational because that's when he wants to defend. But um, again, if if you're looking for a defensive option right now for somebody for the if you're looking for a defensive option for the next season or the next two seasons. Just put Gary Harris in the game. If you're looking for someone just to shoot and to be dynamic on offense, take Harris out, either put Barton in or put Ramsey in.
0: Yeah, it it feels like it could progress that way. And and if he continues to develop his game, then maybe he's a guy that could develop into a starter, especially on a Nuggets team that has a lot of their – their primary creation figured out with Murray, Porter, Jokic, like Ramsey feels like a guy who could fit into that calculus down the line. So, I do see that. I also do see the the physical projection for him for on defense. I uh, think he could fit next to Murray in that regard. Uh, but overall, man, that's that's the ten guys that you had. I'm going to add three more really quickly. Just just not a lot of words there. But Patrick sure. Williams is a guy who. Is an athletic forward out at of four out of Florida State, kind of in a similar mold to Jonathan Isaac, not quite as good. Uh, don't get me wrong, but Isaac was getting Defensive Player of the Year buzz, and that's that's pretty high praise. Uh, he's still super raw. Uh, I just
1: don't think he'll be available at twenty-one. This is why I didn't list him.
0: Sure, sure, and that's probably fair. He's a guy who I could see rising if if there were to be workouts. Like he's definitely a guy who could rise. Uh, Theo Maladon is an international point guard prospect that Gordon has talked about for a while. Uh, he's frequently, uh, he's also very raw, but he has some translatable skills. He's still pretty athletic, even though he's a, an international guard that feels like a Nuggets draft pick. And if he was selected, I think it would, it would mean something for Monte Morris in a Nuggets uniform, but that would be a guy that Nuggets fans should at least be watching out for going forward. Uh, do you have a Theo Maladon on take?
1: Um, I think it makes a lot of sense that Gordon likes him. That is a very Gordon Gross pick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it really
1: is. Uh, that is that is right up Gordon's
0: alley. And then finally, Cassius Stanley out of Duke. He's a very solid two guard who the the hype more or less disappeared. He didn't really play that well, uh, but he did shoot forty seven percent from the floor, and that to me is is a pretty solid mark. It's a, like very indicative that he's at least capable of playing in a system like that. from three, not a great defensive prospect, but he could definitely fill a role at the next level. He's a very safe backup wing. Um, Any take on him other than the fact that he's probably
1: too safe for you? Um, I just think that it would be better to buy a second-round pick and take him than it would be to take him at 21. Sure, I totally agree. Um,
0: But, yeah, those are three guys that I think – Ought to be mentioned, not necessarily as like I, Patrick Williams, I think is the guy that I'd be most excited about that spot. But uh, if the Nuggets are looking to buy back into the second round, then keep an eye on those names. But overall, Dan, this was a great podcast. I, I really appreciate I, you
1: coming on. And I would say, too, with Patrick Williams, he's not the kind of player I I don't think that the Nuggets should try to trade up to get him. I would rather right. them just take a chance on someone at 21.
0: Yeah, and, and that seems to be their M.O. They, they haven't – I don't think they've traded up in a long time, have they, other than just trying to buy into the second round? Uh,
1: yeah, just for – like they traded up um, into the second round to take Bull Bull. I think. Uh,
0: I th- oh, you know what they did? They also traded up to get Jared Vanderbilt, but that was just yes. a couple and slots. They, uh, yeah,
1: they traded up just a couple slots to get Jared Vanderbilt, but I, I don't – those, these are second-round picks. They're just getting moved around, basically, from, for cash exchanges. Yeah. Um, I, I don't yeah. think – it's been a long, long time since they moved up in the first round, and I, I don't think that they should try to, to buck that trend this year.
0: Nor do I think they have the assets anyway, so that's, uh, that's definitely something that we're not going to have to worry right. about. Uh, but either way, Dan, this was awesome, man. Lots of content, lots of good discussion here. Any parting thoughts on this draft before we head on out?
1: Uh, just if it happens that'll be great
0: <laughs> yeah hey totally here for that uh, he is Daniel Lewis at Minuteman Dan gonna get back into some draft coverage as soon as this the season starts getting back rolling and we can feel like things are trending closer uh, I could totally relate to that uh, my my work at NBA Blackburn uh, make sure to check out Denver Stiffs for all of that stuff Dan thanks for coming on man
1: you're welcome talk to you later Ryan
0: Absolutely. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. We will talk to you guys next week.